1: Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome to episode 156 i think of dunzo it is me troy mckity and um i'm super excited i am back with jay rena from last week if you didn't listen to last week's episode you should it's a continuation it's very important you don't want to you don't want to miss the prequel um we are continuing our conversation about scream jay how
2: are you hey guys i am great i'm excited this has been fun I, how was the feedback on the last episode? Because like I said, I don't listen to anything back again. So like once I like you stop recording, I'll never just pick up I on it it. again. <laughs> I,
1: trust me. If I didn't have to listen to my voice, like I would never hear, I would never hear my <laughs> own podcast. Um, people liked it. Like I got a lot of feedback. I got a lot of messages from people being like, oh my God, I can't believe you brought up like Sydney wearing the same outfit in this third yeah. movie. Like well, it was a yeah. living
2: that's good because like obviously we're both really excited I was like this is is one of those episodes that's like a one off from your usual you know topic.
1: Yeah. So I was like
2: hoping I was like I hope people love this like quick little change we're doing
1: momentarily. No yeah people seem to really like when I do a random unexpected like fun thing that they love. People so, love a twist. People love a twist and people love scream like people Isn't love. Isn't that crazy to still, like find out that people
2: are like oh my god thank you for doing this. Yeah. It's, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know people were actually still wanting us to talk about it. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. like, I thought it was just us us gabbing away and everyone else was like, no, I'm with you guys on this. And that was really cool to like read. I was reading some of the Instagram comments.
1: Yeah, my most selfish episodes are the ones that people love the most. And then the ones that I think I'm like doing something for other people, they're like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> Not your best work, Troy. Not your best work trying to please people. <laughs> <laughs> but when I'm like, hey, I only want to talk about Britney Spears' feet for an hour. People are like, yes, King, yes, Dad, do it. Like,
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> Go off, King.
1: Funny, fully. Um, so we're going to be talking today about Scream 3, of course. We're going to talk about Scream 4. And yeah. um, it's very timely because there's been some like super important announcements made about Scream 5. So I obviously want to end this episode by getting your thoughts about the upcoming Scream and our hopes and dreams and fears uh, <laughs> and just all the things. And, yeah, because um, today was like major like announcement dump for Scream 5, which yeah, is really what exciting. We, um, I love when that shit happens. We're, we're like where we're supposed to be. That's what that means. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously I first have to get like your general, do you remember seeing Scream for you for the first time?
2: yeah i remember like being so young and not really understanding it at, 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 at first just because i didn't realize i mean it was the first time like ever that I at that young age being exposed to like a meta storyline because totally. i understood that at this point in scream there's movies within a movie called stab mm-hmm. which is the scream universe's scream Right. <laughs> and at this point, they're shooting stab three, and I just thought like it was the first time I'd ever seen like that kind like having its own property be like the main the main storyline, and yeah. having the people cast as Sydney and everyone. I was just like, what are they doing here exactly? It was weird. It, it was it is one of the weirder entries of totally of, of all four films. I think it's honestly the most fun, though. I I remember that feeling of, like, this is a fun, fun romp. And that was kind of, like, why a lot of people hate it. Right. um, Because this one, in Scream 3, is purposefully, like, toned down. Like, they water down, like, all the murders and, like, all the violence. It's very minimal. And
1: it's more of, like, an adult Scooby-Doo than anything. I think Scooby-Doo was, like, the greatest thing to compare it to because it's truly like, it really is like stab, 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 like it's just like, it, it, it is very light. It, it leans into the comedy elements of Scream and yeah. this one, you know, people would argue that it leans in too much and it becomes at times a little like slapsticky or... It gets know, really campy when I think it didn't mean to be
2: as campy as it came across
1: yeah like it's campy in a way that feels almost like a little disrespectful to the previous films in a way where it's like, i agree yeah you know a good way it, to put it like taking these characters that people love and just fully turning them into like snl characters is like a little weird but i do love i agree with you i think it's the most fun to watch it's if i'm watching a screen movie because i'm not like i'm not the kind of person who really loves to watch movies with other people if i'm being honest like yeah the only child of me is always like shushing people like i'm not fun to watch a movie with <laughs> but screen three is a movie that i don't have any problem i love watching a movie like this with people because it's like silly and fun and you, you don't have to be totally engaged and it's funny um it's like yeah and I, it's that kind of movie that will play
2: on like a USA network like with commercial breaks <laughs> and they don't have
1: to edit anything out of it. <laughs> yeah, there's no need. There's no <laughs> point in editing any like darkness out. Cause there really is none. It's just
2: like, it's it straight up. is just like a really fun who done it, And like, mm-hmm. you know, Gilweather's in a magnifying glass, just like what running around studio lots. Like, Hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Giving you Angela Lansbury for like, <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> um, And obviously, you know, Scream 3 is, it's what I guess most people would consider to be sort of like the redheaded stepchild of this franchise. It's like the one that stands out as like the weird one. And, you know, I think when you're talking about the weirdness of this movie, it's important to note that it was released. It's so funny. We were just talking about this. It was released in the year 2000 and Mm -hmm. it feels very year 2000 like yeah, and it
2: looks it too. And this is the one <laughs> yeah. that, um, this is actually the one movie that's not written by Kevin Williamson. Um, right, I, I, I should know this, but I forget why he was, I think he was just fired or something. Um, I don't know if it's true, but I've read that he was like overworked. Okay, that makes whoops, that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, sorry, this notification on my computer threw me off. Sorry. Um, yeah, so. Aaron Kruger comes in and writes this third entry and he's more of like I was looking at his IMDb like more of like an action movie star writer. Mm-hmm. Like big like you know like Transformers and shit like that kind of like the screenwriting. And so they brought him in and the studio or the um, the Weinsteins which is so weird that this franchise is so attached to the Weinsteins. Oh I know. Um, <laughs> but they purposefully were like hey we need to tone this down. There's like the Columbine had happened, and there was, you know, America's war against violence in the media, and they even, like, go into that in the movie, but they said, like, for the script, for the third one, we need to, like, water this down, or else they're not going to release it. And you can really, really tell that it's, one, it's a new writer, and it's just, like, two, like, scream light.
1: Yeah, you can tell that this, the person writing this movie doesn't necessarily, like, have an investment in these movies, like, he doesn't understand the tone of the Scream franchise. And this is a person who thinks because the previous Scream films had dark humor that it's going to be okay to just have Jay and Silent Bob show up to like... You know, it's, like <laughs> it's just very clear that it was a bunch of different people making a different movie. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, God, that cameo is so jarring every oh, single so time. it's weird. <laughs> it just like... It, there's so many things that take you out of this movie but then at the same time it's like because there are so many things that take you out of like trying to take it seriously it's like just don't like yeah just don't try and take this movie serious and you'll have so much fun when you watch it
2: yeah and i think that's a lot of people don't take that advice i know i didn't for a while because i purposefully was like this sucks i hate it <laughs> yeah and then just realizing <laughs> later in life like you know what this is fun it's yeah. not it's not great and it's a I would say it's, like, a very lukewarm entry of the series. But, yeah, once you, like, realize that, okay, let's just kind of, like, just chill out and, like, turn my brain off a little bit and just kind of watch this little, like, whodunit adventure.
1: Yeah, and, like, to kind of circle back to the 2000s thing, it's, like, if you think about... It's almost, like, fitting that this movie was so confused about what it was because, Mm -hmm. personally, I feel like horror movies in, like, the year 2000, like, 2001 just like horror just didn't know what it was going to be for like the millennium yeah because at this point we had scream and then all the scream wannabes came
2: out and now it's like okay then what so we're kind of in that period before it starts turning into like the saws of it all
1: totally it's like right before that which then became like its own sort of defining moment of horror like Mm -hmm. torture porn but like yeah before i was reading the the list of 2000s horror movies and it was, like, all over the place. It was, like, American Psycho, like, cinematic masterpieces, and then, <laughs> like, Blair Witch 2. and uh, oh, that movie is so weird. So weird. <laughs> and, like, Urban Legend 2. But yeah. also Final Destination. Like, the it just, you couldn't really tell where horror was going to go at that point. So, in this movie, for having, like, defined 90s horror it feels lost it feels like well now what are we supposed to do like we've made fun of all these films now they're all coming out at rapid pace we have there are competition now so what do we do yeah
2: exactly and like it was such for for a very long time because there was over a decade gap between three and four it was just really disappointing in that time to end the saga like on that very like flat note Mm -hmm. it was just kind of like oh it was like it, it It didn't really like stick this landing that it was I knew that it wanted to do totally and I knew they wanted to have this big you know big grandiose like and like farewell because you know it's a trilogy and we're wrapping it up and we'll never hear from this again but then like it just kind of just falls flat and doesn't really you know deliver the way that I think they originally wanted it to
1: you can tell this movie is gonna be weird from the opening the opening of this movie is so weird
2: it is it's um well first we get the introduction of a new voice changer Mm -hmm. which is (laughs)
1: psychotic it's insane it's like some (laughs) fucking cia like james bond insanity (laughs) so
2: if anyone hasn't seen it so the voice changer they use has like a million buttons on it And I couldn't, I, I mean, I'm sure, like, there was a master class, like, how do I use this? <laughs> it looks like a talk boy. <laughs> <laughs> but it mimics, it mimics other people's voices. Like, I don't even know, like, I guess you would record a voice from TV yeah. or something. And then you were able to speak in that person's voice. So that's how, like, they kind of spice things up with this. It's like, oh, he he's like, the killer is like, kidnapping voices and using them against people to you know murder them which again sounds fun but that technology like scream is so realistic in a sense like Mm -hmm. in in the universe that it's trying to be that that technology just takes you out of it immediately almost i'm just like what is that totally that's not real
1: (laughs) oh my god it's absurd it's like that voice changer is the equivalent of in, like, a Friday the 13th film when, like, somebody randomly has, like, telekinesis powers. It's like, okay. (laughs) Like, it's, like, breaking the rules in a way that feels cheap
0: That's chumba casino.com. No purchase necessary. Dw prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Yeah. It's like, oh, this person can just mimic completely to the to the tone, like to the rasp of their voices, can mimic perfectly like Gale <laughs> Weathers. Like this man can just become Gale Weathers. Like it's crazy. <laughs> it's very
2: dangerous, very dangerous technology.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i was actually reading before you and i started talking i was reading about the original concept for this movie Mm -hmm. and how it was supposed to originally be like an april fool's day which is like one of my favorite horror movies um yeah i haven't seen that one in forever oh i love it so much yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do that this week oh it's so good um and, I mean, anybody listening who hasn't seen April Fool's Day, I'm sure you can imagine, like, generally what the uh, the twist is at the end. Um, and, yeah, this, the original idea for, for Scream 3 was going to be that, like, these kids were just, like, obsessed with horror. They were obsessed with the STAB franchise specifically. And they wanted to, like, create an April Fool's Day moment where, at the end, Sidney Prescott would walk in and everybody who's been killed – is alive and just like hanging out and it's like this big joke uh i don't know how i <laughs> feel like that would have been even worse so i'm happy that we got this silly slapstick movie yeah did was it i can't
2: remember was that actually extra like actually ever written
1: i don't think it was written
2: i think it was just kevin's idea okay. of what i was he, gonna say like i need to track that script down like, i forgot i just reminded myself i was supposed to send you like the scream 2 script oh yeah all of like the like, original killers and scenes and everything. I, I'll send that to you later. But, yeah, that would be
1: such a fun read if that existed. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine, like, a moment at the end? The, the whole movie leads up to a moment where Sydney walks in and they're all like, surprise! Surprise, Sid! Gail's <laughs> so, yeah, like, we got you there, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that's, speaking of Gail... I was telling you, like, last week that one of my favorite things about Gail Weathers is that she always, like, dies. And then, like, I just, like, love that her and (laughs) Judy, like, literally die. And then they just don't die. And uh, my best friend Katie and I always quote Gail being, like, like, oh, the bullet ricocheted off my third rib. Bounced right off my lung. And, like, came out through my back. Like, she, like, knows how to, like, she can, like, always tell what happened inside her body with, like, the wounds. (laughs) I I pulled that fucking bullet out myself.
0: Yeah. I write a
1: book about it. Actually, she <laughs> like falls through like a stage hole, plummets through the underneath <laughs> the building, is shot in the stomach. She's like ricocheted off my second rib. So it's like, funny. like Gail, no, it okay. didn't.
0: No, like, Go to the
1: hospital. <laughs> <laughs> your, your throat was slit, Gail. Get out of here. <laughs> um. Another thing I really, really wanted to talk about. And it's so ironic that you just brought it up. Like, you know, the thing that I love the most about Scream 3 now, 10 years later, or whatever, 20 years later. Jesus. Ugh, eek. Uh, (laughs) That made me feel sick.
2: Um, I looked at my calendar on my computer. I was like, oh, he's right. That was 20 years
1: (laughs) (laughs) ago. And you guys, that was episode 156 of Dunzo. Um, (laughs) But no, it's like 20 years later, you know, post Me Too and post the cancellation of harvey weinstein mm-hmm. for people to see i mean it's like this movie is now the in my opinion the most meta out of all of the screen oh absolutely like how fucking crazy is that that this is basically a movie about harvey weinstein
2: that's so like psychotic to like be harvey weinstein and then to see this movie or read the script even yeah. and yeah like you know what yeah do it and like, it's literally like the um, it, it literally it's about him <laughs> it's, it's mostly about him and how powerful and gross like hollywood was because it really because that's what one of the reasons i liked it a lot as well as a kid is like i i just love like hollywood scandal mm-hmm. and so when i learned that you know watching this i'm like oh this is a hollywood scandal movie nice yeah i am a sucker yeah. for it and then you know again like the Weinstein of it all these years later just being like oh that was about him
1: yeah it's literally produced by Harvey and Bob Weinstein and you know they oversaw the movie like when you go back and read stuff it's like they I guess like Bob Weinstein was like more of like the dimension films person but like they Uh still were both overseeing it and they loved everything about it aside from I think they changed there were supposed to be two killers and they, they were like, no, we don't want two killers. Like that was Harvey and Bob Weinstein. That was the only thing that they saw sort of strange about the storyline was that there was, yeah, they loved all of it. They were like, send it. <laughs> and it's crazy to
2: think like how powerful they were because they ultimately like through the first one up until four, like had say in the movies, like had mm-hmm. say on what they wanted to see and like made them change a lot of shit. And then we'll talk about, like, once we get to the meat of, like, four, about that whole, because they changed the entire, like, last third act of that movie.
1: Yeah, and I guess... Right, they didn't like it. Yeah, and how crazy is that to think, like, how many... Because they were so heavy-handedly involved in every project that they were, like, a part of, and... Yeah, they weren't weird. just, like,
2: vanity credits, like, produced by, like, they were really, like, in there, like, taking things out adding things and like because they are who they are like everyone had to just adhere to that and she's like okay cool we'll change the entire last 20 pages of this movie
1: yeah bob was like i just want the whole ending to be different and then you'll be good and they're like okay (laughs) (laughs) um but for anybody who i guess is like sort of in the dark or maybe doesn't remember or hasn't seen screen three in forever like it's literally a movie about like this young girl sydney prescott's mom maureen um, sort of allowing herself to be like passed around and taken advantage of by these powerful men in Hollywood, which inevitably inevitably led to her being raped and killed. Um, and it's like this; it, it represents like so many women in Hollywood. Like it really is. Mm-hmm. Like you're right. Like the best thing about this movie, aside from all things, is that it's like a Hollywood whodunit, like folklory kind of you know it's a very hollywood film yeah it's very like insider which i love and there's yeah. like i mean the the cameos in this movie so
2: good <sighs> except for jane Silent bob
1: yeah that's the only <laughs> that's the only bad one
2: <laughs> like, cuz
1: that one comes out of left field and that it it goes nowhere oh my god it's so stupid and then they like i mean you have like jenny mccarthy in this movie like there's just so many random My favorite anti-vaxxer. <laughs> 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 it's there's just so many random random people where you're like, what the hell? Like Parker Posey is this movie for me. It that's just a fact.
2: I mean, right? That, this is her movie. <laughs> This is Parker Posey's movie, and everyone else is just along for the ride. And that is how you always should go into this movie before you watch
1: it. So, like, this is a Parker Posey movie. This is a Parker Posey film. <laughs> Every scene she's in is the funniest thing I've literally ever seen. You know she's not speaking, right? Yeah, her facial expressions and her body movements are fucking amazing. Her clothes, she's dressed like a like a Josie and the Pussycat doll. Like, what? <laughs> She's Fiona again. Can we also just talk about how I combine Josie and the Pussycats with Josie and the Pussycat dolls?
2: Yeah, I I, I let you have the dolls one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Dolls. She's like wearing <laughs> like like little buns. Like she's wearing.
2: Clothes. Yeah, she's wearing. She's basically wearing like Tara Reid's. Um, costumes from Josie and the Pussycats
1: right it's so good. <laughs> it's so good and like I could do I mean honestly this oh my sp- god are we doing a Josie and the Pussycats podcast next <laughs> Can we
2: eight, play? A, a five hour
1: eight episodes <laughs> let's just go through Tara's whole just like entire moment like everything she's done I'm not even kidding oh my god remember that
2: I still like I like posting it every now and then but that picture I took with her from the, the horror convention I went to like five years ago oh yeah i paid her 20 dollars in cash to take a picture with her <laughs> and i'm sure she took out like a grocery bag and she, put it in there yep she sure did um my friend stole her cigarette the, from the parking lot her like burnt cigarette butt it was a Marlboro uh, menthol oh my god did it have lipstick on it um no but he was like i was like why because i met them in the parking lot after we were going home and i was like what's in your hand he's like oh this is harry reed cigarette it's like what? That's
1: iconic.
2: Yeah, it was like it's a marble Menthol. <laughs> it's
1: like of That's course it is. That's really iconic. Yeah, I would um, do the exact same thing.
2: Exactly. Um, sorry, it turned into the
1: Tararito show, but it's always a, this is a Tararito podcast. <laughs> it is. Um, but no, like literally the the spinoff that I've always wanted from the Scream franchise is Parker Posey and Courtney Cox, just like buddy copping it up the whole time. Oh, my
2: God. I just want to see them go to, like, a department store sale together.
1: Oh, my God. Like, (laughs) when they are, like, in the climax of the movie, when they're finally, like, they're, like, linked arms (laughs) and just, like, running through the mansion together and screaming in each other's faces, it's amazing. Yes. Their chemistry is wild off the charts. (laughs) Um, I also think, listen, I've watched this movie 30 million times. Uh-huh. The plot is insane. It truly, truly is. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> do you this, feel like this... you can explain what this movie is about? to be... Like, do you feel like you could? I,
2: I, I'm trying to do it now, like, on this show. <laughs> and I'm still, like I, have, like, I need at least, like, 20 minutes to, like, set up the story before I can even say, like, so this is what this movie is about. You just need to know everything before, in order for like this is an example of screaming that kind of. You can't just start on this one, because once we get to the reveal of it all and like hear the backstory and how it all traces back to the first one, like there's just so much story. That's we talked about this in the previous episode, but like how these movies just have like great stories aside Mm -hmm. from oh my god there's a killer on the loose like this again i said it last time but it's like a shonda rhimes drama totally if you take all the killing away from it but yeah no this the third one just uses like you need so much of the first movie to really explain the third movie
1: totally and like i think when i was younger i used to be like you know it's like i i don't totally understand the concept of this movie but i don't care Uh and then i got older and like would try and piece it together and i was like wait a minute so Roman is Sydney's bro- spoiler alert. <laughs> um Roman Roman is Sydney's brother and he's he orchestrated the events of the first movie. It's all because of him, which I hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um <laughs> Roman sucks. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> he's the lamest like reveal of the killer of all of the movies.
2: Yeah, he really is. It's such a like when the mask gets
1: pulled and you're just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, sure. Why not? You, Let's see why. <laughs> totally. And this, yeah, this is very like, again, this is super. If this was a Friday the 13th movie, it would be Sydney getting like, you know, like powers because mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, now we have a, we have sibling involvement. It's like, here we go. This is, you know, yeah, this is Halloween too. Now all of a sudden <laughs> Sydney's got a brother. Who's crazy. And whatever, um, yeah. And the
2: fact that he pulled the long
1: con. Oh my God! Are you kidding? Like a ten-year con? <laughs> yeah. He was like, I, I scoured around Woodsboro and and watched the murders that I. Or it's like, okay, okay, come on, okay. come on. Um, let's He's talk about. He directs. He directs. <laughs> He's hot though. Scott Foley's so hot. Uh, sometimes. I think he's gorgeous. I've I think he is too. I I, I I think so too, but I honestly not in this movie. Yeah, true. He's no charm in this movie at all. Not even as like a menacing, like there's just nothing. He's just, he's whiny him. the entire time. Yeah, which, you know, as, as, as to quote Sydney, <laughs> takes some fucking responsibility. Yes. I love at the end of this movie that she's just over it and beats his ass because she's she over. She is done. <laughs> she's she like, "Bruh, Dunzo canceled." Like, I'm, like, I'm sick.
2: Look, fine. Your, your motive makes sense, but like, I'm gonna go home.
1: Yeah, like I'm going to live through this, and my friends are too. And like, I'm fucking over your shit. Like, save your melodramatic shit about like the movies and and family. Like, I don't care. Um, yeah. Speaking of, let's talk about. I mean I want to talk about the characters of this movie And like where their story ends up here But like let's start with Sydney Let's start with our final girl Like what do you think about Sydney Prescott In this movie even though she's in it for four minutes Um
2: (laughs) Very true Um It's interesting that after All of it we do find that She's now living in the mountains Mm -hmm. Under living under the name Laura Yeah, Um, She's a like a suicide hotline girl um i guess just you know making sure people don't kill themselves over the phone and but she's so skittish now and just it's it's weird because after all of it like it is kind of a natural progression like oh she's over like she's scared of all of this everyone's trying to kill her so let's put her into the woods where she mm-hmm. hasn't seen anybody in x amount of time did they ever explain how long she was like away i don't think so because it, it might have been like an actual like three-year gap because it's three years from like the second movie and the third movie
1: it um, does when it, think they like want you to like notice she's really established like a new like she's really like in her new life with her dog and her house mm-hmm. and stuff in her scary house yeah in her so <laughs> um, long <surrounding> skirts
2: <laughs> off the grid <laughs> um, no it's it's an interesting choice that they went with that um, it does make sense but I it, I don't know, it's weird to see her, like, starting there.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's weird, it's like, Scream is one of the only movies, I think, of all of the franchises that really gives, like, a, a true, you know, our final girl, if she is gonna keep living through this, like, she is tortured, mm-hmm. you know, she is much more closed off and sort of numb and and cold to people than she used to be when she was a teenager and that's great you know like it's like cool to see her have like an actual progression and not just like give you teenage final girl every time she's on screen because it's like you know it it gives like a more realistic uh, representation but it is weird to see Sydney introduced in the movie is just like living in the mountains and like and then they leave her in the mountains because, you know, she had, like, scheduling issues or whatever, and she, like, couldn't do a lot of the movie. Yeah. So you it's like Yeah, you that was one do- of the
2: oh, – I'm sorry. I was going to say no. that was one of the reasons why she's in the movie for, like, four minutes because yeah. she was doing another movie, and they only had her for, I think, like – I was it, I think, like, two weeks they had her? Yeah, I think I read that it was two weeks and like throughout this entire like five month production and which is crazy because these movies are about her and for her to for the scheduling to be like oh instead of like you know moving the schedule of the third film they just kind of like well if we only get her for two weeks that's that's how it's got to be we gotta and so they still like went on to make this movie that she's in like in the beginning and the end and that's really it
1: yeah, it's weird that like they're like, okay, so we don't have the original writer who wrote this like groundbreaking script that literally changed film. Uh, we don't have our main character, <laughs> but let's just wing it. Yeah, let's just bring two in some two movies. <laughs> we'll bring in a guy that's director that's written two films, um, and we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, but it's it's the thing that I hate about it is that it's like she's up in the mountains or whatever, and I'm like willing to indulge this this narrative where mm-hmm. like she's reclusive, like duh of course she would be yeah. but they go and they have these moments with her in the mountains where she has these really weird stupid scenes that feel very funny uh... like sydney feels like a guest star in her own movie and all of her scenes are pretty annoying
2: yeah they i love for whatever the fuck reason they introduce like the supernatural elements of it all uh, Sydney. we get to see sydney's mom as a ghost
1: as a ghoul as, as a ghost <laughs> in
2: a nightgown and honestly when i was little she really did scare the fucking shit out of me <laughs> i
1: know it's terrifying
2: mother needs to talk to you <laughs> i don't know why they gave her such a weird inflection <laughs> so she talks in, she talks in
1: questions um but yeah like those scenes are just i mean i think one of the most embarrassing scenes of this movie that has a lot of embarrassing scenes Uh uh-huh i mean this is a movie where the only like black character literally right before he dies says oh you motherfuckers like so this has (laughs) this movie has a lot of embarrassing moments but like it's like when that
2: happened, I like, I'll—I never forget when that happened. Like the, film. I remember thinking, like, when I was a child, being like, "Why did they make him say it like that?" Oh, you motherfucker! He hadn't—he's not spoken like that this whole film.
1: No, like all of a sudden he's like a fucking Seven Up spokesperson or something. Um, but like Sydney seeing her mom is really one of the most. It's like, wow, this is really a different movie. Like this, yeah. we're in a different world right now cause
2: like it's like yeah she sees her ghost but then like again the way they make her talk and then every time she speaks it's there's like, an, like a really like cartoonish like echo to yeah. be like oh she's a ghost okay. yeah. I can tell by her echoey voice
1: yeah I can see his chains mm. <laughs> um, and then as far as our other like sort of central characters I actually really like the Dewey and Gale of this movie I love it yeah I do too um,
2: they're all, they always start their movies with them being mad at each other.
0: I know, I know,
2: they do. Because they start Scream Two as like, oh, we're not speaking, and then they start <laughs> yeah. Scream Three like, oh, we're not speaking.
1: I love it. I love their storyline in this one, and I love that in this one, it's like, like in the second one, it's fun because it's it's always fun to see Dewey and Gil team up together. You know, uh-huh. like they're sort of like the Bart and Lisa of scream like <laughs> that's a good way to put it it's fun and like in this one there's such a like a couple now you know yeah, you can definitely tell there's so much the chemistry between courtney cox and david arquette on screen the what and, yes the chemistry oh, okay sorry, your audio cut off a little bit oh sorry um but yeah they're just like it's just i mean it's like you feel like you're watching some intimate moment that you shouldn't even be allowed to see
2: yeah And then also same way with, like, the fourth one, which we'll get into, but, like... I don't believe that they're
1: acting. I think this is all
2: very real. (laughs) Like, what is on camera is a real discussion that they're having.
1: Totally. And by this point, they've been able to, like, meet each other, become an item, get married, and really become, like, this thing because of these two characters. So Mm -hmm. it's, like, the audience watching that and then them knowing it, it just it just adds so much to this movie. It's so much of like what this movie needed because without that, I don't even know what the hell this would have been. That is interesting to think
2: about because nothing in this movie feels organic mm-hmm. and like really natural and relatable <laughs> because it, it's just, Scream Theory is like a series of just scenes stitched together.
1: Yeah, totally. With
2: some very light killing involved because these deaths in the movie are so tame. Oh my and God. circling back to saying because of the Columbine of it all, like they had to tone down the violence. But there's like maybe like a shot glass worth of like fake blood used this entire
1: movie. And I'm trying to think of who has the most gory death. You never
2: like- see anything. That's the thing. Like everyone dies. Like whenever... Um, Jenny McCarthy gets killed she gets thrown through a window and stabbed in the back but we don't see the knife Yeah, we just close in on her face and then again like with Angelina um, we don't see her like really die we see her after she died Right. we don't see any of these people actually really get murdered like we have been in the last two films
1: yeah we don't see a single murder I just realized that we don't we don't really see anybody die you know what we do see though a fucking house blow up (laughs) <laughs> oh my god oh my god hold on i'm going back in <laughs> no
2: it's i think i i think it, it might have been you it might have been someone else i like that we both have our friends like your friend and then my friend kelly who's like <laughs> our scream friend I know. <laughs> because i think it was her who told me like the the house can blow up we can kill someone by a gas lake sure but she's like i fucking hate the zoom in on everyone's face right before it happens oh my god it's so bad because it's like it's like they he- like they can't hear him they because like the line is whoever smells the gas but then they act right. like they read that with him right <laughs> but they're like 40 feet away
0: they're outside
2: he's inside and for some reason they heard him say, whoever smells the gas, and they pieced it all together in that moment. That makes no sense. It's trash and I love it.
1: Amazing. And then what are the odds <laughs> like how what are the odds that the killer would know that he would use a lighter to read the last passage of his letter?
2: And honestly, that house wasn't even that dark. He could have just held it up to the window.
1: I know, or like taken it outside by the lit pool. <laughs> how whoever <did> starts. <laughs> whoever smells, wait a minute, whoever smells,
0: it's like <laughs> so stupid.
1: And this giant, this like
2: house in the Hollywood Hills, this big ass house just explodes. <laughs> and they are thrown <laughs> down the hill.
1: Oh, I love when they get thrown down the hill and then they fight at the end of the hill. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think I think this movie has one of the most brilliant setups in the whole series. Uh-huh uh sydney in her set home from oh her childhood. that
2: yeah amazing that part is really good like this that's the thing like we can talk shit about this people there are some really great moments in it mm-hmm. that really do like propel the sydney story of it all yeah and that one was really cool because that's one of the like few moments in the movie where it's like it gets kind of real on you yep when she's, like, going through the set of her house and then, like, reliving things and then seeing, like, the murder scene. Because we've never seen the murder scene of her mom. Yeah. So having them oh, yeah. recreate it, like, in her bedroom. It, it was, was amazing. Really cool.
1: It was super effective. And then for her to, like, you know, that little moment where she uses the closet door to 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 lock her bedroom door. Like, she used yeah. to do as a teenager. Like, just those little, like, th- like callbacks was really cool. Um, uh-huh. I love when she like falls out of the roof like she did in the first. It's just it's fun. That's my favorite probably scene of the entire film. Yeah, yeah, it's so it's so well done. Like and the
2: the suspense is there and everything. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that I have to say about Screen Three. I mean, oh, we haven't talked about Gail's hair. <laughs> oh, anything else to talk I am about? I'm so sorry, audience. Amp. I know everyone's yelling in their cars right now. Like, when the fuck are they going to talk about the bang?
1: <laughs> I'm rapidly losing
2: subscribers as we. They got an hour into it and no bangs. Cancelled my
1: subscription. <laughs> fuck your Patreon.
0: What <laughs> the fuck?
1: Okay, let me just start by saying this. Twenty years later, it's batshit crazy, but I remember that weird little bangs had. <laughs> there are two things from this movie that I remember having a moment. Um, like leather pants. Oh, so many, so many leather pants, and I remember that being a thing. Like, col- like colored leather pants, like red and blue, and like random. I
2: always wanted a red leather jacket that I saw in Teen People magazine once.
1: Like leather was having a real <laughs> moment in in the year two thousand
2: like and, a leather
1: flare with a boot. Yes. Yes, the a, tr- a tr- chunky tr- boots. <laughs> yes. And little bangs. Little bangs were a thing for a short period of time, but gales are just the most memorable little bangs. They cut all the way up to her fucking forehead. Like they're <laughs> crazy.
2: They are <laughs> crazy. <laughs> like. And she has like the sharpest eyebrows too. So like the entire like hair situation, like from her eyebrows up, it's just very intense. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Gail always has the most like, tr- like trendy but in the worst way, haircut of like the film. Yeah. Like <laughs> the worst trend of the year is what Gail has as her hair. And
2: I, it's a feeling you don't forget because the Gail is introduced. With a close up from the neck up, that is her first scene when she's speaking at that school. Mm-hmm. The first scene, the entire screen is her face and <laughs> her bangs that
1: are like eight feet long because you're watching it in a the theater. It's just so jarring. It's so jarring, and it's it, the even better thing about the hair moment is that uh, Parker Posey has Gail's Scream One hair for, stab. yes. So it's like, it's just great. Like the movie literally celebrates Gail's iconic hairdryer. (laughs) Because it is iconic. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I just,
2: going back to the Parker Posey of it all, just as soon as they meet, they're just immediately attacking each other in a really fun way.
1: Yeah yeah <laughs> you
2: immediately get like parker posey's like manic energy
1: she's like oh my god gail oh my god Gail. Uh, uh, uh. she's like i'm you you're <laughs> me i'm you it's amazing,
2: it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. she's like i feel like i'm in your mind and yeah just, oh that would explain my constant headaches <laughs>
1: yeah, like, this is- uh, murdered her this was for the gays. That was it that relationship really was. was for the gays. It was. <laughs> it was like let's give this the, gays. For the girls. Yeah, <laughs> let's give the gays that camp they love so much. And yeah, and the the the, I mean, I would talk more about the the reveal of the killer, but it's just so fucking lame. Like it's just yeah. Like, stupid.
2: Oh, but we do get a reveal that. Parker Posey was this killer in Stab Three. Yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> that's that's the reveal. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Parker Posey, <laughs> she unfortunately Stab catches catches Ghostface's knife, but right before she dies, she lets everyone she screams that she's the killer in Stab Three, and I'm like, I want to see that movie.
1: Also, by the way, the most for me, the most gut wrenching it really yeah. is because she is written so well
2: because she isn't just like a walking like punchline mm-hmm. she actually is a part of that story and then really gets into it and you believe that she really does want to get at the other end of this she isn't like I mean with everyone else like all the other supporting cast is like oh they are really just dead bodies like waiting to happen right any, like you could have been any face it could have been like anybody but with with her character it was like
1: oh we actually did root for this one yeah and like her existence in the movie is just it's meta in a way that only Scream could do like the fact that she is Gale's character in the movie about their lives and she is clearly in love with Dewey as Gale was you know it's like Mm -hmm. it's just
2: oh my god her cigarette scene (laughs) Oh, I haven't had one of these in a year and a half someone's gonna pay for this (laughs) And then just like the choice to have her just like curl up in her bodyguard's like shoulder.
1: Oh, yeah. To like throw her with her like little Asian inspired clogs. Bury the year 2000. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, she's amazing. Who do you think
2: she is in Hollywood real life? Like, who is she?
1: Oh, God. (sighs)
2: <sighs> isn't that crazy to, i just thought of that question of like who is, is she like, it's amazing <laughs> we'll get back to you with another episode on
1: that one yeah <laughs> that's its own like hour <laughs> that could be an entire hour for sure yeah um well the audience let us know yeah i can't think of anything else that is really profound for me about this movie i will also say that um before we, because he, like, makes an appearance. I will say that I've never connected to a, like, you know when people, like, choose what character you would be in a movie to die? Yeah. Like, in the BuzzFeed of it all, uh-huh. like, you and I are so Randy that it's almost scary. It is. that, And I need to talk about that, too. Um,
2: so Randy makes an appearance via a pre-recorded video. Mm-hmm. just explain again doing his rules explaining so he's explaining the rules of a trilogy that's fine it's it, it's kind of sad however how the fuck did his little sister played by heather maserato get access to the studio and is just like hanging out in this trailer
1: <laughs> she's literally walking around this hollywood like like she's fucking drew barrymore like she's, the, she's
2: <laughs> there's like, no like tags on she doesn't have a badge or she's not working there she, they just run into her, and she's like, you guys need to see this tape. And they watch this sad tape. And then she says, we miss you in Woodsboro, guys. Come back. And then she just walks Like, Where did she go? Yeah. Because <laughs> she just said she's still in Woodsboro. So what are you doing here? Like, that's what the first question should have been. Gil Weathers back on the, the case. <laughs> Gil Weather should investigate
1: that, too. Like, what the fuck was Martha doing here? And that's such a weird scene because it's like, well, obviously the movie knows that they shouldn't have killed Brandy. They mm-hmm. like know that they shouldn't have done that. Yeah. People love Randy. I mean, it has to probably be the most devastating kill of the whole franchise. Really, because it's it's also just it's
2: devastating,
1: but it it's it works because it is mm-hmm. so
2: fucking brutal.
1: Randy's death in Scream Two, mm-hmm. and it would have to be like. Like, Randy being, like, the person who knows everything, like, his death would have to be, like, big, you know? And it is Mm -hmm. iconic. Yeah. But, yeah, you and I are very... I mean, we would be... We are the Randy of every horror movie.
2: We are. And to the point where we're even just, like, if if a killer is... If if this situation is happening in real life, like, I'm staying home. Yeah. I'm not going to go find out who's doing this. I've seen how this plays out. We are both gay men of color yeah. we're not making it out i know it's Mm-mm. 2020 we're still not making it out <laughs> no we're, i'm staying home until someone else kills the killer
1: i refuse to that's have what randy rug. taught me <laughs> i refuse to have a a persian rug pulled from under me i refuse to say oh you motherfuckers <laughs> before i die i won't do it He <laughs>
2: couldn't catch me doing that <laughs> oh you motherfucker so tyson should have died right there right when he cracked his neck on the floor
1: yeah and then i don't know (laughs) if you've ever noticed this or not but when he says oh you motherfucker his mouth doesn't move (laughs) oh i didn't i never noticed that but now it makes sense
2: because i'm playing that line back in my head and yeah that is full like adr
1: right it's very post-production oh you (laughs) motherfucker he came in to record that (laughs) (laughs) like so sad like (laughs) we do like hey you
2: want this check you better come in and
1: embarrass yourself (laughs) we need you to say an urban line (laughs) more (laughs) urban Like, the white directors, like,
2: more urban, please.
1: Yeah, could you say motherfucker instead of motherfucker, please? (laughs) Take 12. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about Scream 4.
2: Scream 4. We are now, what is it? It came out 11 years, 10 years after part three?
1: Yeah. So, so yeah,
2: Scream 4 was intended to be a reboot of the franchise. It was supposed to be another trilogy. Like, four, like... 4 was supposed to be the beginning of 4, 5, and 6, which were supposed to just be, like, year after year. We we're supposed to have, oh. a, like, a second trilogy. Is kind I of didn't what know that.
1: Were.
2: Yeah, they were aiming for, that's what they wanted, but because of its lukewarm box office performance and the the Weinstein of it all, it, like, just didn't happen.
1: So this movie didn't perform well.
2: No, it broke it like broke even, like it didn't like make anything. It like just made its own budget back. So is it's like, that so like crazy? It, yeah, it like didn't tank, but it, it it just made it, like no one made any money. Like there was no profit from it. It just broke even. And I think God, like the rule is like in order to be like a success, you have to like triple, make back right. triple what you have spent on it. And it just like made it even. So it was a, it's very like a very middle like average performance.
1: I mean there's two people who are like obviously very immersed in this movie. It's like I, that's like so out of my realm. Like I don't understand this movie not being like a, a like I went to the
2: tour. midnight show like at like and showed up like hours early.
1: Yeah, like this was a real like
2: a life event for me. it was. Like I remember so I remember exactly which theater and like where I went and like I remember <laughs> Um, it was the same theater that I had just watched The Hunger Games in the day before. Like, mm. the same, like,
1: auditorium. <laughs> I saw this movie. I think this may be the movie that, in my life, I've seen the most in a theater. Just because, at the time, I remember just being really, like, aware of the fact that, like, you know, it's a it was a big deal to see a screen movie, like, in the theater. And, like, you know, I, I knew that, like, I would want to remember the experience of having gone to see it at the actual theater so I went with my friend Katie like eight times we literally saw it so many times in a row no I we I went every single day opening weekend with different groups of friends
2: like I did Thursday, Friday Saturday because like at that time I was I I was home in like the Dallas area and like, I had friends who lived, like, in different parts of town and friends who weren't available, like, on a Thursday or Friday. And I was like, okay, well, then we'll go Sunday. And then I went with my dad, like, on, on, like, Monday. Like, I, like, saw it every single day for four days in a row.
1: Like, different theaters across North Texas. Did you – so when this movie came out, did you love it? Or do you love it more now than you did then? Or, like, where is it? I – no, like, I, I
2: tried really hard to be, like, kind of critical on it when I first went into it. mm mm-hmm. so I was like, you don't know what you're about to see – we don't, we don't know where these characters have been for the last decade. Right. And we don't know what this is going to be like. So, like, go into it. and. But, no, as soon as, like, the credits rolled, I was just straight up, like, I fucking loved it. Nothing was wrong with that movie. This was perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you still love it now as much as you did then? I do, actually. Um, I was I just rewatched it um, a couple weeks ago. And I, I've watched it about two times since quarantine started. And then a third time a couple weeks ago. And I I love it. I think it's fun. There are a lot of missteps in it. Mm -hmm. But I think it's nowhere near as good as the first two, but like miles above the third one.
1: Yeah, totally, totally, totally. It
2: has that same tone again. Like it's, because basically in part four, we go back to Woodsboro. Mm -hmm. Um, It's 10 years later. Sydney's now, she's a writer. She just released her first book about being a survivor. Uh, She stepped into the sunlight and out of darkness. Uh, um god. And so she's back in Woodsboro since the first trilogy. Like she hasn't been back home. And so of course, as soon as she comes back, another series of murders happen. And um yeah, and it was just it's it was fun having that like feeling back of like, okay, now we're we're not in this grand like Hollywood thing. Mm-hmm. We're not in like college, we're back home and it feels like that cuz a fun fact that i think one of the reasons it feels so organic is like west doesn't never use sets like they never like built sets for the for any of it or i'm mm-hmm. sure they did for some but like all like the first movie and then in, in part 4 they film like in these these homes are real like they film in real houses like they're not like building a house to play like the house like they actually like went to i think it was like Ann Arbor Michigan and just like rented all these homes to shoot in
1: you can honestly feel that like I just recently watched um I know I didn't watch it I've been listening to it's old but Mm -hmm. um uh what the hell is uh the director of um oh my god I can't think of it. I'm gonna look it up right now I'm talking about um I've been listening to this podcast and every single week uh they have like a, a different director on to talk about like their experience in horror and like what it means to them or whatever and uh Mm -hmm. one of the episodes that i just listened to was about suburban horror and Mm -hmm. that is like that's just something that scream is so good at like it is you know it's just there's just like this certain feeling of like suburban horror that feels different than anything else of like this mundane sort of suburban houses in a normal neighborhood where shit is going down and it's real as fuck and the houses in the screen movies feel very real to me.
2: Yeah, they do. And they do such a good job of like really lending itself to like yes, this is a unassuming small town in somewhere in Northern California and they do a really good job at like really making you feel that you're you're just put in somewhere random in America.
1: It's Eli Roth, by the way. It's Eli Roth's podcast that is, like, it's, like, a year oh, old. Oh, okay. Did you ever listen to that? I didn't, I didn't even
2: know that existed. So that's something fun to look forward to.
1: Yeah, you'll love it. There's, like, a Diablo Cody episode where they talk about Jennifer's body. There's um, a Stephen King episode. There's, like, a Quentin Tarantino episode. Like, it's great. And they just, it's horror. It, there's a Rob Zombie episode. It's amazing. Um, but, oh, yeah. Cool. I, that's i just i love suburban horror like as far back as like halloween i just love like small town yeah it's because it's it's
2: because that's what makes the you know the horror of it all is that this isn't some like you know it isn't like a big like la city it's mm-hmm. anywhere it's any tiny place in america like no one's safe kind of thing
1: yeah and like i don't know one of the, the other thing that i think is really interesting about screen four specifically is that it feels like a fan service movie. It feels like a movie mm-hmm. that is literally meant to cater to the fans of this movie. It's like... Yeah. And there's things about that that I like. There's a little bit of it... But there's also... Yeah, because the- that can backfire. And it, yeah.
2: Yeah, because they get really close, because I agree with that. They, get, they walk a really fine line of wanting to actually make a really great next chapter of this franchise, but also because they know that they've been off like off the air. <laughs> That's <laughs> weird. They haven't had a you know, it hasn't existed for over a decade. So they're like, okay, we're gonna bring this back. We need to tell the story, but we're gonna have some fun with it because right we know what the crowd wants. And so it does serve a, it does do a lot of fan service. I think it's fine in this movie but they do get really really fucking close of just like okay let's not do this right like you didn't have to do
1: you know what I mean there are moments where I'm like okay like <clears throat> there's a moment where um it's like Gail's like one of Gail's first scenes where she like reads um the new cop and she's like still got it still Gail Weathers it's like alright everybody in this movie is very aware of like their character
2: yeah no, that was a. Uh, that's when she talked to Allison Bree's character. Yes, still because um because she goes, yeah. She's like, I'll revitalize your face with my tarnished brand. Right. And then just yeah, that when she walks away and just like and it, she like, I wish that wasn't there. It was fun. That but that is one of the moments where I'm like, okay, that was that could have gone really wrong. Um. Yeah. For her to just like self. Like to
1: do that to herself, like to say that line to herself, like I still got it. It's like, all right, you know that you're Gail Weathers. Like, it just, there are things, sometimes it doesn't work, but for the most part, I think it does work. I really, 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 really enjoy watching this movie, and
0: Mm -hmm. all
1: of the stuff that is fan service y that works is amazing. Like, the opening of this movie is only for fans, it is only for people that love these movies, and it is. Beyond. It's so good because it. What because yeah, you open up. We have
2: just like like it is just like gushing with celebrity cameo like mm-hmm. right off the bat, which is incredible. Yeah, just because you because I I'll never forget like that feeling of watching mm-hmm. the opening scene because that was that was something too that my friend and I were like really excited about. We're like oh what are they going to do with this opening scene? Because Scream is known for having their very, like, flashy opening scenes. Yeah. And then as soon as Lucy Hale gets on screen, we're like, oh, okay, so she's going to die because this is Scream. Right. And then, you know, and I remember thinking, like, this is really bad. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because, like, basically the intro is, like, her and Shanae Grimes, right? That's how you say her name? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Trudy. They're getting... Yes. They're getting... Also, like, I didn't know what they were doing because they were getting text on a Sidekick 3. And I was like, wait, when does this take place? Right. <laughs> and then they get murdered. And I was like, wow, that happened really fast. And then it's fake-out opening. Then we get a title of Stab 6.
1: Yeah, and it's so smart because they specifically chose actresses that would be in this film.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: it was just such smart casting it's like obviously if you see at this point we've now lived to these movies they're iconic we you know the openings of each one is a big deal so if they started the movie with one big celebrity you know a la yeah. drew barrymore like we would know what was going to happen mm-hmm. you know and it was so smart to be like yes here are like a, a group of like young you know sort of like up and coming but not really so much up and coming because they're on hit like CW style shows yeah and um you obviously know that they're gonna die but then for it to all just be and then like the Anna Paquin and it just keeps going and it's so it's funny and then to not know that it's like when it actually does become the actual film Mm -hmm. it's like so for it to have been sort of funny and like meta and then just get really fucking dark and like really sad like the opening the actual death is like really gut-wrenching
2: yeah once we're out of the stab universe we get to the real first murder of the film yeah did you ever see the alternate version I don't think so oh my god it, it's, it's the deaths are switched because so what we see on screen the final thing um, there's an alternate opening that's on YouTube where Jenny is they're you know they're still they're pranking each other as they were and then in the alternate opening, um, the Jenny, who's Amy Teagarden, she's getting, like, snacks from the fridge. Mm-hmm. And her friend is getting stabbed by Ghostface and murder- being, getting murdered in front of her. And she's screaming and everything. And then Jenny's like, ugh, I'm so over the prank. Like, stop. Who is that? And then not, she's thinking it's a prank while she's actually really getting murdered. Oh my god,
1: that's so screamed too.
2: Yeah, and then yeah. So the wait, I switched that. So the deaths are opposite because um, it's the other girl, um, who ends up getting the the stab before the opening credits, like Scream Four credits come up, because uh, he's like hovers over her and she's like, "You're not real," and then he just stabs her and then we get Scream Four. So there's no like garage scene or any. There's a full on like rewrite and reshoot after the fact.
1: Oh, but I'm happy that they did that because the garage scene is, like, really... Like, it really sticks out for me. Yeah,
2: I'm going to find was, that link and send yeah, it to send you. Yeah, send that
1: to me. It's, I just... Yeah, I thought the opening was so effective and I thought that girl, like, the blonde girl who actually dies was so good for only being in the movie. Amy moon. T.
2: Garden and Brittany, or
1: Brittany something. She was amazing. Yeah. Um... And that being said, I really, really love the characters in this movie. I think it does such a good job of recreating, like, sort of the magic of, like, we've been saying, you know, a million times, like the sort of like soapiness uh-huh. and the nine oh two and oh of it all between like the, the 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 kids. Yeah. You know, but they have their own thing. It's not like trying to be. Scream 1, like they have like their own thing. That's what I really like
2: because it really is like you are dropped into these like just average teens lives and they have like drama happening already. Like we're in the middle of like drama with them. Yeah. Just like their average like suburban life in Woodsboro, which was really fun. Because like, oh, we're like, we're not like, they're not force feeding us like what's wrong. We're put
1: into their universe when things are already happening. Yeah, it's like a reality show, like um, where everybody's known each other for ten years. That's what it feels like. Right? Uh huh. Exactly. And speaking of, I mean, Hayden Panettiere's character in this movie is easily <laughs> one of my favorite. She could possibly be like in my top five. Scream characters. Yeah, I would really. have to
2: agree. Just because, so she's introduced as kind of like this generation's like female Randy. Right. She's like the horror buff and. She does it really, really fucking well. <laughs> it's just, it's the acting choices that she made because it could have been, you know, done a hundred different kinds of ways of being like the girl horror nerd. But she plays it like with such like a suaveness to her. Yeah. To where she is a movie nerd, but she also knows that she's like a bad bitch kind of. Yes. Because so- that's the thing. She's, Randy was very, you know, geeky and all that, but she's not. Steve, yeah. She loves horror movies. Like, she is the female Randy, but she's like very quick and suave and, you know, like
1: really cool. Yeah, because Randy is very much like what society viewed horror fans as in the 90s. <laughs> yes. You know, and she's like the representation of now where it's like horror is so cool because of these movies. And, you know, it's like a cool girl like her could like horror movies and know everything about them. And it's also like, I mean, you don't realize it until this one that this is the only time that they have decided to make a girl. Because even in Scream 2, what is his name? What is the killer's name? Scream 2? Yeah. Mickey? Mickey. Even Mickey is like a horror, you know, like there's always a male horror buff in one of the films. And Uh there's never been a a girl who just likes horror movies in the Scream movies. yeah.
2: And who's, like, the anti-version of anything we've ever seen.
1: Right. Like, the closest thing is, like, uh, if there is a girl who likes them, they're making fun of them. Like, Rose McGowan. Like, I spit on your garage. Like, she knows mm-hmm. them, but it's like, you guys are such dweebs kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um then we get
2: introduced to Emma Roberts. In this, oh, my
1: God. Who,
2: people can say what they want. You I know. Know. Sure, yeah. Is she... Is she like you know a, 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 an abuser can she beat some ass yes yes but
1: i really love emma roberts i am i i agree everything that we know that's terrible about her it's like is she a horrible person to act with on a set is she a diva as they call it sure you know she
2: can kick my ass too that's fine i mean come on she's so amazing the American Horror Story of it all, and then the Scream Queens of it all. And I, I, I'm i a fan. I'm always going to be a fan. And I hate that she's pregnant. Me too. Honestly, saying, When she posted on Instagram, I was like, oh.
1: <laughs> One of those, huh? <laughs> um, and she's so great in this fucking movie. She's so... I mean, for this movie to be smart enough to take its final girl and... Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, and make her the killer... To take it's this generation's Sydney Prescott, who very much in the movie says, you know, like that's the whole thing. She is this generation Sydney. Everybody around her dies. Like that was a
2: part of like not only like the marketing of the movie, but like the movie is being meta on itself because we are introduced to the new characters who are the next generation version of the characters from the previous films. Yeah. Because like we have the female Randy with Hayden and then with Emma, she's supposed to be the new uh, Nev Campbell. Like they're all they're the new hip younger versions of everyone who we've seen die.
1: Yeah, we even have like a billion Stew. Hmm. Um. And obviously, it's like if you haven't watched the movie yet, you expect that. You know, I mean, I don't know. Like, I just envision if I if I've never seen this movie and I like sort of lightly know the concept, like. Nev and Emma Roberts are going to like battle it out together, you know, and be like the two final girls at the end of the movie. That's just sort of where your brain goes. Yeah. So for it to flip like that and have her be trying to kill the other final girl because she wants to be the final girl is mm-hmm. iconic. It truly
2: is. And what I love, it's funny because I rewatching it now, it's fun watching their use of technology mm-hmm. because she the motive of emma roberts is to be the next sydney she wants the fame of it all yeah. of being that final girl so she has to get rid of sydney in order to make that happen but like it's so funny that this is like this was pre-instagram we only had like facebook and twitter mm-hmm. so like i truly wonder what the next chapter would be like because they love incorporating like whatever technology is happening at the time yeah, because again, they try to make these movies like of the time and try to root them in reality that they're taking place right now in this moment, in in this universe.
1: Yeah,
2: so um, totally. Jill, she would totally be a TikToker. Oh my god, are you kidding? Can you
1: imagine she'd <laughs> be a TikToker some, doing some
2: renegades. <laughs>
1: and Hayden would be one of those TikTokers that's like, you'll never believe this this crazy story that happened on January fifth of nineteen ninety seven. Like for part two. Like for part two. (laughs) Like, that's very her gig. Like, you'll never believe this cursed horror film and everything that took place on set.
0: Uh,
2: (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) Wow, we really went somewhere with that. I know. I'm like, what's what's her username? I'm following.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I just, uh, I love all the characters in this movie. And speaking of, I love this movie's... um, I love Billy and Stu. I love, you know, I love a Colkin.
2: Yeah. Oh, we love a Colkin.
1: Oh, uh, we support a Colkin. Those on this weird podcast. ass, those weird ass brothers. Oh my God. He is so good in this movie. He's so great.
2: I agree. Um, His character is, it's so funny because he is also supposed to be a Randy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in yeah. In a weird sense because he's also the horror movie buff, which was an interesting choice to have like two Randys two new Randys and then have them be the weird flirtatious will they won't they kind of
1: couple right I know I know and it was like up until the end even I was like kind of invested I was like I I care about whether or not she's nice to him yeah and then the tables will
2: turn (laughs) yeah um you know this one this one is so fun it's so like the it's it's weird because it's I think like an hour and 45, maybe 50 minutes, but it's so fast paced the entire time. Like this movie doesn't stop. Like as soon, yeah, as, it, as, soon as we start it, it's just like guns ablazing, like fully at its head at all times.
1: And it's a total return, like you said earlier, it's like a return to form, especially in the sense of like the gore this movie is so fucking bloody and violent. God, Olivia's death scene is the best. Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, that's I think easily I, I mean, think the
2: most brutal scream killing for in the entire sure. franchise. Cause he, not only does he just rip her insides out, but we watch him like beat the shit out of her. Uh-huh. <laughs> like really just like, like throw her across the room and like kick her in the gut and just like getting the shit beat out of her, which we don't really haven't seen anything like that unhinged in this whole
1: franchise no because it didn't feel like with scream the death up it's like i think i said this last week I like, you're used to them being sort of choreographed like at this moment i trip you at this moment you fall on your knees at this moment i mm-hmm. throw a flower pot you know i well even with like drew
2: barrymore's scene like after we see that her insides were on the outside and she was hanging we don't actually see that happening right Maybe after the fact but with olivia like we see like from the moment she is alive until she is dead, like all of it, uncensored. And it's so, so wild.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. We literally see her guts fall out. Yeah. <laughs> her spleen falls out of her stomach. How I do mean, we feel about the Anthony Anderson death scene? <laughs> it is one of the lowest points. I mean, that belongs in screen three.
2: Yeah, but that's God. that is a moment where it's obvious where like I think I, I remember reading like Wes Craven just really wanted to do that kind of death. Right, and it was just like, and I placed it here, and you can tell that he just really wanted to do something like that, but it doesn't
1: serve anything, and it feels so like, cartoonish. Totally, and I did read that. Um, even though he's not like, the he's obviously not the first person to be credited, but um, Aaron, whatever his last name is, did come back to like help co-write this movie.
2: Yeah, so I think so. Kevin actually did end up getting fired during production, and I, it's because of the direction that they wanted to go at the end. It was because of the ending. Oh, do you, do you, what was his ending? It was supposed to be more cliffhanger where it was supposed to be more fleshed out where after Jill like kills her, tries to make it look like she was being killed. Um, she, you know, does all that's the same, but she gets away with it. And we don't oh. know, she gets away with it and we don't know if Sydney lives or, died or dies. And so part five was supposed to be how that all pans out. Um, so it was supposed to be more of a cliffhanger. Jill gets away with it. And the Weinstein's like, this sucks. We need a more, like, finalized ending. And so Aaron, like, added the entire hospital scene at the end.
1: See, like, and that's crazy because I love, I love the hospital moment. The empty hospital? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can to? Is- den- Wildly violently fight and nobody ever cares or checks on them.
2: <laughs> but yeah, that that was uh, that basically is an alternate ending for an ending that was never shot because like it was supposed to be like Jill gets away with it, and then part five was to be, like what happens now.
1: I mean, I will say that does feel more like a horror trilogy ending, like that feels like almost like Halloween five, like Like, that's, like, introducing, like, a new era of this movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, like, I could see, like, that, even though it would have been, like, a much less, like, satisfying ending. Yeah. I could see that being more of, like, a, it just, it makes sense to me.
2: Yeah, and it, it, it would have been so smart to, like, actually play it that way because we do, like, you know, this is a fan service movie. We know how Scream movies end. And mm-hmm. to flip it around and give it an open ending and not knowing if Sydney had lived through it yeah. would have been, like,
1: really fucking brave to, like, flip it in that sense. What do you think about Sydney in this movie? Like, what do you think about Scream 4's, like, Sydney Prescott? I, like, so I... I feel like the third one should have gone this direction
2: maybe not because in the fourth one she's just released her first memoir about mm-hmm. her entire life and everything that she's been through with the first three movies and she isn't hidden away she just doesn't live in woodsboro she's like she's taking her fame and like you can tell she's become like she gave into her celebrity in a sense but like right. in a really positive way and, in, and it is the point of the, like, she does say, like, she couldn't live like that anymore, but I do like this version of Sydney much more than the third Sydney, or Screen 3 Sydney.
1: I do too. Screen 3 Sydney is, like, a, a full, I mean, it's, like, insane to say this about somebody who's, like, had everybody around her die, but, like, she's, like, such a victim. <laughs> Get, over yourself. Get over it. Your mom died a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, all of your friends have been slain years ago. Enough get over i go to this yes let's go to trader joe's and buy some wine yeah let's get you another boyfriend
2: <laughs> get, uh. well that, that's even a that's, a that's a point in the movie in part four with because allison brie is sydney's publicist and allison brie's supposed to be the new Gale, right And so she, whenever they get in a fight she's like sydney needs to get laid
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> she hasn't had sex since college she really, well and they
2: also let it she also lets it be known that she hasn't she doesn't drink either so sydney's straight up like still like scared because she's like seems to get laid or get shit-faced every once in a while i'm like oh she's, she's like really not doing she's really being careful about her life right now
1: yeah it's fun to see um it's fun to see like i am an adult woman sydney because up to this point like i guess yeah you're right like in the third one she's sort of she's truly not a girl not yet a woman like literally (laughs) and
2: it has to do with the two weeks of it all like i really do think that like because we have her for two weeks let's just get her in and get her out and yeah they did what they could with story and i feel like if she had that appropriate the entire like you know five months to shoot that we probably would have seen an entirely different sydney in scream 3 totally one of those weird payoffs because in part four you're like oh this is actually sydney like it makes sense that she feels like sydney prescott in part four or in part three it just kind of feels like she it does feel like a special appearance that she did
1: yeah like she's this is the first time that we've ever really seen sydney as like a truly adult grown ass like wearing a victoria beckham like dress <laughs> for a press conference woman like she's a a, a grown-ass woman who like owns her life she owns her story you know she's like not afraid of like like you said like she's like leaning into being like a celebrity yeah and it's cool and she's like she's so just she's it's like it feels cliche to say that she's a badass but she's just so um she has no time for the bullshit like she does it she's
2: like That's that's a good way to put it. Just like she doesn't have time for your bullshit right now.
1: No, she doesn't want to know the whole thing or the whole reason. She doesn't care. Like she just wants to kill the killer. She when she knows that there's a killer in the house, she picks up a knife and she's the person who's now following and trying to find them. Like yeah, she's taunting the killer to make them come to her. Like she's ready to kill them as Mm quickly as she can because she knows she will.
2: Like, listen. I just got this huge check. I'm 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 writing on that book money. Let me enjoy
1: this. <laughs> yeah, you're. I'm going not gonna let you stop. To kill me. you. <laughs> okay. I always kill who's trying to kill me. What don't you get? It's kind of my thing. I've killed like eight people, so. <laughs>
0: um.
1: I also like the Dewey and Gale in this of this movie is. Uh, Gale looks so good in this movie. Oh my god. the, the, the scene where she's walking through the police station. Oh, and that, that purple dress—only like her body can wear that dress. She looks amazing, and now we have like Kardashian hair, Gail.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we have middle part <laughs> hair, just like all the way
1: down. So good!
2: I can't wait to see what Gail's gonna look like in the next one. I can't either. I can't wait. She to- is a different human body every single movie. <laughs> She's know. the one who's like. All right, next movie. I got to look completely
1: different from the one before. She is the most drastic. I mean, Gale Scream 1 versus Gale Scream 2, I swear to God. You can't, Mm -hmm. I still don't believe it was the next year. I'll never believe it. (laughs) I can't fathom it. She's like, the Scream 1 Gale is like Lisa Kudrow going to search for a job in fucking Romeo and Michelle. And then Scream 2 Gale is like the craft. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a good
2: way to put it. Sh- <laughs> that's just, exactly right.
1: It's crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then what are your, okay, so let's talk about, what are your hopes and dreams and wishes for Scream 5? Like what do you hope will it will be? That That's a loaded question, because on one hand,
2: you do wanna be like, oh yeah, I just wanna like have all like the original trio back again, and hopefully they solve another murder. But I just know. Mm-hmm that one or more than one of them are going to like die. And it's going fucking devastating because we, what's interesting is like now we're, by the time Scream 5 will be released, it would be the same amount of time from Scream 3 to Scream 4. So we're mm-hmm. doing, it's two, now we're in another decade. Cause the whole thing, like Scream 4's tagline is new decade, new Rules." Right. Oh God. So now with this one, we've gone another decade without a Scream movie, which is so crazy to think about. So it's interesting to see what they're going to do with the story because one, Wes Craven, RIP, has passed mm-hmm. and Kevin Williamson is not writing it. Um, it is going to be written and directed by the team who was behind Ready or Not. Is that right? Yeah. Which yeah, is Ready or not. And that is a really fun horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I know that they can get the tone right because that's Ready or Not kind of had that tone.
1: Yeah, Ready or Not is really, really great. If you guys haven't seen that movie, it's fucking... If you're a horror fan, like, Ready or Not is amazing. It's so fun to watch. It's really legitimately funny.
2: They did a great Final Girl movie.
1: Oh, my God. They created such a good Final Girl. She was amazing. And it it has the same kind of dark humor as Scream. Mm -hmm. Like, when Scream is at its best... It, yes, like, really felt like that. So I think it'll be good. Yeah, it's
2: it's it'll be interesting to see like this new interpretation of it. Be, because everyone behind the camera has not worked on a Scream film before. So it's gonna be a whole new like re, like take on it. Um so I was reading the cast as of today, Nev Campbell is officially signed on for Scream Five. Yeah. And so now we do have the original trio with Gail Dewey and Sydney coming back. And right before we recorded, it was announced that Marley Shelton is coming back as Deputy Judy Hicks. It was <laughs> so much fun! That was so fun to read. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. And I was reading that Nev. um You know, Nev was like kind of the last, like you know, big, like main character to yeah. sign on. And she. No, they
2: they quietly announced like half of the cast today too.
1: Yeah, and like I re- I read her saying that she was really like when they told her what they wanted to do with the movie that she was like, I'm into it. Like. Yeah, you know, and I trust I trust Nev Campbell's um, opinion on what should happen to her character at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because now
2: um, with this version of this new film, we have like a primarily like young Hispanic cast, which is really exciting. Because mm-hmm. I because we're going back to Woodsboro, but Woodsboro is not we've never seen much of it. So now we get to see, I guess, like the Mexican part of town, and as a Mexican person, that's really exciting.
1: Yeah it'll be cool uh, to like actually dig in and like lean into only...
2: What What's going on on the other side of town like kind of thing
1: Yeah I am I am. you know I just my heart races for uh, who will die and how
2: I know especially because now with the, the writers behind it like they're brutal Yeah I've seen that movie I've seen Ready or Not a hundred
1: thousand times it's going to be a brutal bloodbath it is it's gonna be so intense and, and i'm really excited you know do or gail almost always both of them almost always die so it's like either of them could very easily die they've both been shot and stabbed a million times um it would make sense yeah. if sydney finally died which kills me i mean yeah we don't i mean i can't even think about that before bed <laughs> i can't even let my like, brain go over.
2: like be, calm down Calm don't don't do that <laughs> you like hear the t- like my mic there.
1: being thrown across the room um <laughs> <laughs> well do you have any i don't know do you have any closing thoughts about scream before we stop talking about it and i want to cry because i could do this every day
2: i mean we're just gonna text each other anyway about it so. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um oh this conversation is not over um no, it's it's really interesting. Like we don't have a franchise like this with the longevity that this has had, so it's really mm. exciting. It, is it annoying that we have to wait ten years for the, every single movie to come out? Sure. Yeah. But I can't wait to see like the new story because everyone at first was kind of like, "Oh, it's just going to be a re- like a reboot of Scream," mm. but it's not. It's it is Scream Five. We're continuing the story without because they, they tried rebooting it remember scream the series i'll never forget Ugh, <laughs> so yeah if, if anyone doesn't know like scream like there's a tv series that came out like a, five years ago and had nothing to do with the
1: original movies
2: had no. it was not in canon this mat the mask was entirely different they just it used was just the basically name to
1: get people to watch they
2: really just used the name yeah there was it was just the name like it was a whole different costume it was really, it wasn't awful i did watch all of it yeah it wasn't and terrible. then it didn't make any sense yeah so they had two seasons and then like for a while there was no, like it got canceled but then they brought back season three with a whole new cast and the actual mask did you ever watch season three i did not watch the third one okay it's really bad i mean kiki palmer was great in it but It was because they rebooted the series in the series because it's a whole new cast a new story has nothing to do with seasons one or two and they actually had the real costume for it this time so it's just it's a mess like it's so weird that's a messy cash grab yeah and it came out like years after season two had ended so like by the time it popped up i remember it popped up like a year or two ago because i was in austin i was like oh and it like VH1 took it over, and Queen Latifah was the head producer of the show. It didn't oh, make any sense. Oh God!
1: Oh God! <laughs> Jesus Christ! That just saying that Queen Latifah was, it was uh, that gives me a headache to even think about. Oh, my God, Jesus!
2: Yeah, they really just like fumbled the ball on making it its own <sighs> series. Like it, it, it deteriorated immediately.
1: Well. I think that I sort of announced it. I mean, I, yeah, I posted it on Instagram that I'm going to be doing, I mean, from now until like throughout October, like I'm going to be incorporating spooky content into the podcast. So I'm so excited. Yeah. If you want to come back to talk about a different horror movie or a different franchise or whatever, like we can totally do that. Oh, absolutely. That'd be great. I can talk for hours about
2: anything like that. Um, I, you mentioned it earlier, but like I would love to like just really get into Jennifer's body talk we should do that because i love because that movie. that is a movie that i mean i still watch it right reg- i watched it last week and the week before like i always play that movie because it's so good
1: i'm gonna send you at this moment when we hang up i'm gonna send you the diablo cody episode of that podcast because yeah it's definitely just a celebration of that movie and it being up ahead of its time so listen to that and then we can record it oh perfect yeah no i'm down any right. like i said any any
2: movie or anything, any spooky stuff, like I am down.
1: Well, Jay, tell people where they can follow you on the interwebs. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I am at not J reyna on Instagram and then just jay Raina on Twitter. Um J-A-Y. R-E-Y-N-A. Everyone likes to put an R-A-Y in my last name and can never find me, so I always have to spell it out for people when I'm doing a podcast. Uh, so be like yeah your name was spelled wrong so you know it's not you
1: spelled it wrong yeah i know yeah. the spelling of my name thank you so much <laughs> um yeah find
2: me on instagram and twitter is where i'm most active if you find my facebook i'll probably add you i don't pay any attention to that really that's well, Jay, no
1: land i love you thank you so much for doing this. i couldn't have done this with anybody else so thank you for doing this with me <laughs> no Seriously. thank you thank you for having us so
2: much fun like again like we're still going to continue this conversation after like yeah
1: you know, I'm
2: Scream Five developments. <laughs> like start pouring in. I right, just emailed you the our alternate Scream Four scene, by
1: the way. Yes, thank you. It is emailed to you. Well,
2: you Thanks guys. Thanks for having me.
1: I I truly appreciate it. It's so much fun. Of course, and I I'd like encourage everybody to watch all of the Scream's in a row because why would you not yes. after listening to this? You must and let us know your thoughts. <laughs> all right, bye, Jay.
2: Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McEady, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew.